0: Bruh. Last time on Immunities. Cousin Nicole is supposed to be back tonight. I've got an assignment to meet up with her and do some sneaking around for Major Craig.
1: They never ask me to do things like that.
0: They're more careful with you because you're a stayer. And maybe they want to keep you clean because your mom's so high up.
1: Do you see Major Craig when you do those things? He's too busy to be where I am. When he gave us that speech, the we're all the resistance speech... It was the first time I was able to pull this all together.
2: The Alphas think like the Altered and sympathize with them.
1: Sounds sad.
2: I'm sorry, your name is?
1: Roxanne Roxanschul.
2: Would you please expand on what you said?
1: That the Alphas would believe so much in a way of life that they can't take part in.
2: It's an unenviable spot. Now, can anyone here name an Alpha? Yes, Nicole. Carrie Cray. Next, there's the Beta immune who get put to sleep, but don't change. We're going to try and resettle most of the local betas.
3: There's Gwen. You can send her away anytime you want.
2: <laughs> Gwen?
4: Um, Gwen Flynn. We call her Weird Gwen. She says a lot of crazy things. Roxy, you have to pull yourself together.
1: Why? What does it matter? Because I'm back, and I need your help. She's still in there. My sister's still in there. Maybe they all are. Shh. Nicole works with a lot of important people, right? We've got to tell them.
0: Immunities. Episode 1.3. Volunteering.
2: Yeah?
3: Nicole is here, Major Craig.
2: Uh, finally. Send her in, Thee.
3: Go on in.
4: Thanks.
2: Nikki, how's the open road?
4: Not as open as it used to be, sir. (laughs)
2: Ha! You sound old beyond your years.
4: I'm fine, sir. Really, just tired. The lookers are tailing our trucks even closer now, and the truckers are getting jittery. Someone followed the Apple truck I was on for twenty miles. And the driver gave me a choice between tossing my data card out the window and walking.
2: And you preferred to walk?
4: (laughs) I would have preferred to keep going like we were and take our chances... I could always wipe the data and dump it at the last second. But the driver wouldn't go for that. So I figured maybe I could make him feel guilty by saying I'd get out. But he made me go through with it.
2: He called your bluff.
4: Yeah. But I remembered there was a friendly farm about seven miles away. So I hoofed it over there, helped the old farmer put out a westbound pickup signal, and a panel van carrying plumbing supplies took me on. Five hours later... They picked up a tail, too, so I was afraid it might be tricky getting out. But the tail disappeared, and they dropped me at a quiet bend about four miles out of town. I met up with my cousin Dominic. He led me around the looker's stakeouts, and here I am, just nine hours late. Hopefully something in here is worth it.
2: I hate to say it, but I wouldn't bet on it. You showed a lot of nerve and moxie, Nicky, but... Try not to strand yourself like that again. I mean, you are... You're pretty little. I'd hate to see you eaten by coyotes out there. I can handle it. Nikki, it's sometimes necessary to ignore danger, but don't do it just to sound tough. I mean, the coyote thing, that is... That's kidding, but it's not kidding. You get me?
4: Yes, sir. How is the farmer? Happy of the company. He says he doesn't talk to his looker neighbors much. And he always fights with his looker family when they visit. He made me dinner. Said I reminded him of how his daughter-in-law used to be. Hmm. Really nice guy. But maybe getting a little buggy from being on his own?
2: Well, I guess it's good you paid him a visit then. Maybe Jordan can get the lookers to authorize some car travel so we can make visits to isolated immunes in the name of mental health.
4: (laughs) You doing social work now, sir?
2: It's all one thing, Nicky. Trust me. And also trust me when I say that the next time you're given the choice, you should dump the data unless you're told it's urgent.
4: People who dump their cargo don't get promoted to guide, sir. When you've got a human package, you can't just dump it.
2: That's your ambition? Spend your life smuggling non-immunes from one overlook to another? That is a lot of sleepless nights.
4: They need good people, sir. And I think I am good people. Though I guess i never seen how it could be so important to move anyone from point A to point B. All the vehicle changes, the weights, the sweats, the layovers, and then maybe you get caught anyway and your package gets turned into a looker. Mm-hmm. SD cards are lighter, more disposable, and they don't forget details.
2: Yeah, but our puny human brains need contact with other brains in order to function and the lookers are snooping all over the long-distance lines. So, the only way we can have a real give-and-take without them knowing about it is to put the actual givers and takers together.
4: If you say so. What are they give-and-take about?
2: That's a little above your pay grade, Courier. Rest assured, if they set the guides to move someone, it's important. Now, let's see what regional sent. Hmm. Is this all covert?
4: No, sir. Some of it is overt. They threw it onto my package so the regular guy could save a trip and all the inspections.
2: Uh,
4: I told them you wouldn't like that.
2: I don't love it. Treat the public stuff like secret stuff, and pretty soon they'll be treating the secrets like they're public. Plus, it's good to give the lookers something to inspect. Keeps them busy. Happy. But I imagine the regional folks are distracted by the preparations for Thursday.
4: Thursday, sir?
2: Oh, now I'm doing it. Forget I even said that.
4: Yes, sir. And I'll also forget that they did seem to be busy about something.
2: Good to know. Let's see here. Huh. Lookers are going to let us resettle 53 of our betas in the Overlook downstate. Looks like Jordan has really been on their case. That's great. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we could get them to deport weird Gwen. Well,
4: we could tell them that she's a danger to herself.
2: Well, belay that, belay that. Uh, Gwen's an institution at this point. People would just get nervous if she wasn't there. Yes, sir. Here, take this to Smith. Tell him I need two buses, four people, two licensed drivers, and two EMTs if he can find them in case any of the betas have a bad reaction. They should all be primary immune, all clean, the buses and the people. Jordan's got them to call this a Department of Health contract so they'll get diesel rations and everyone will get paid new dollars. But they've all got to have good documents, right? Right. Oh, Christ. They've got Sylvia Scholl handling the looker end of that. I would rather be dipped in red ants than have to be civil to that psycho witch again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should not let her get to me. They're all interchangeable, right? But something about her... just gets under my skin. It's like they all think they're better than us, but she's not satisfied unless she lets you know it at least once a minute. Accurate. Oh, so you met her?
4: A couple times, in passing. I've heard of her more than I've actually seen her.
2: Well, that's a good way to keep it. Have Smith look down the list for someone who can liaise with Shoal so I don't have to. Some lawyer, accountant, someone with paper shuffling skills. Those things worship procedure. I'll do that. And don't let Smith give you any grief for pushing this onto him. He's gonna earn points with someone for giving them a job with real money and travel attached and he knows it. Got it. You still here?
4: Um, sorry, sir, I'll get...
2: Uh, just kidding, just kidding. Why don't you hang out for a while, maybe sack out on the couch while I go through this stuff. There might be more deliveries to make.
4: we Will do, sir. Um, while we're talking, there's another thing? Yeah. I should probably have taken it to the... I mean, to Ensign Brewster, but...
2: Well, I'm listening now, so talk.
4: Well, when I met up with Dominic, he had his girlfriend with him
2: keeping him company? That
4: was my assumption, too, but it turned out she was waiting to talk to me. She told me that she has some important information, but said it was very dangerous and she didn't want to write it down. All a little dicey, but I guess she'd been waiting for nine hours, so that counts for something.
2: Huh. What's her name?
4: Roxanne Scholl. She's a stayer, lives with her looker family, works at one of their retro tech shops.
2: You check her file?
4: I asked Ensign Brewster to pull it just now. I figured you'd want to know. Certified primary. We've never used her for anything, but she's come in for training a couple times. Fills out the monthly questionnaire on time. Her sister's in the data exchange. Mom and Dad work in the liaison office. Oh,
2: so her mother is Sylvia Scholl, then. Yeah. And that explains your reaction to my reaction earlier. Hmm. And Dominic, he's your actual cousin. Yeah. Huh. It's a good and rare thing to have real family around these days.
4: I try to keep that in mind, sir. Especially when he pulls a stunt like this.
2: <laughs> good. Hmm. Roxanne Shoal. I must have seen her at some point, probably before I knew who Sylvia Scholl was. I'm picturing someone about Dominic's age. A few inches shorter. Pretty. Looks smarter than
0: him.
4: That's fair to say.
2: No, that's just a guess. I don't remember her at all. Okay, ask around about her. If she seems clean, then I'll meet her. You
4: will? Um, I was thinking we could push her off on anybody. She's not impressed with me because she knows me, but anyone else... Nah,
2: I should really get to know more of my troops. I mean, we are all the resistance after all. Tell Thea to set up a time and place ASAP. And she won't like that, so tell her it's your idea. Yes, sir. Okay. Any more surprises? No, sir. Dismiss them. Yes, sir. Oh, and Nicole. Yes. Keep Thursday afternoon open, okay? I might have a job that a guide to be might find interesting. Yes, sir.
1: Mhm. <sighs> Nicole. Hey, Rox. How was work? Dragging even more than usual. I still haven't made up the sleep I lost waiting on you the other night. Not my choice, I promise you. No, uh, of course. Sorry. So wait, are you here because of what I... Just follow me. I usually wait for Dom here.
4: I told him you won't be meeting him.
1: You know, you're a lot scarier when you're on a mission...
4: I kinda try to be. Let's go.
1: Are you taking me to the major?
4: No. I'm not cleared to know where you're meeting. We keep everything pretty compartmentalized in case someone gets arrested. How often does that happen? Not at all around here lately, but it's happened in other places I've been. What do they do to the people they arrest? Interrogate them. Try to convince them to cooperate. Trade them for favors. Let them go randomly in order to confuse us. They've got a veritable panoply of stratagems. But not around here. The Major's a careful man. That he is. (laughs) Roxanne, this is Ensign Teresa Brewster. She's the one who taught me how to be scary. Good to meet you. Hello. What should I
3: call you? My friends call me Thee. Since you were considerate enough to ask, and you're Nicole's friend, and Nicole is being so polite today, you may call me thee.
4: This is where I bounce. Good luck, y'all. Thank you. Thank
3: you. Let us go. We have some distance to cover to get to the rendezvous.
1: Are you going to blindfold me or something? Hmm.
3: That would be impractical. And with apologies, I won't take you anywhere particularly important to us.
1: But it's still too important for Nicole to know.
3: There was no reason for her to know. And besides, habit is important.
1: The Major said that at my briefing months ago.
3: He says it a lot.
1: Ensign Brewster,
3: were you in the Navy? Yes, I was. Though I was in the reserve by the time the look happened. But the Major likes those of us who had ranks to use them. For instance, his own. There aren't many immune service people around here, and he thinks it inspires confidence. Do you guys, the resistance... Do not use that word out here. Oh, right. Gotcha.
1: Do you guys give out
3: ranks? No. We think it would needlessly antagonize the lookers. Make it seem like we're building an army. And
1: we're not? We do not want it to seem like we are. This is all pretty intimidating for me. I almost chickened out a bunch of times, but... The information was just too important- your information for the next stage. I do not need to know it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry.
3: Do not be sorry. Learn. I hear you strip down TVs. Lately, yeah. What sort? CRT, LCD, plasma? All of the above. Different procedures for each.
1: I imagine the CRTs are tricky. Oh, Definitely. There are a bunch of grounding and non-grounding procedures to keep us from getting zapped or frying something with the residual electricity. And you have mastered those procedures? I'm pretty good with procedures in general, once I force myself to concentrate and learn them. I was pretty good at science in school. I guess that's why Mom is always going on at me about my potential. Always? Now and before? Yeah, definitely both. Some things are stronger than alien energy, I guess. I was just thinking that the other day. Why do you live with your family? (sighs) Just seemed like the thing to do, I guess. They said they'd take care of me, and I kind of wanted to test that. And you haven't regretted it? I've regretted it lots of times. But then I'd have regretted leaving, too. And then there's, well, the stuff I need to tell the major about, which I guess I should keep to myself.
3: Indeed you should. And I couldn't do it.
1: Couldn't stay with
3: your family? Couldn't stay with anyone I used to know. That is why I came here. Everyone here has already changed, or never will. A lot easier to keep track of emotionally.
1: Yeah, I imagine that'll make it a lot easier for you if things get hairy. I'm still sorting out how I'd react if you guys asked me to... Wait, hmm. when you asked me about work, was that to assess my skills, to see if I'd be able to build a some kind of device? It's good to know what people are capable of.
3: Or would be if they applied themselves to fulfilling their potential, as I'm guessing your mother would say.
1: But what about things I'm just not willing to do? That's one I'm already fighting with mom about. That is also
3: consideration. But such priorities can change along with stakes of the situation
1: one finds himself in. Well, I hope things don't reach that stage. But of course you do. That's not super reassuring. Hmm.
3: The Major handles morale. I deal in facts and probabilities. We and the Lookers are on cross trajectories. Both sides have tried to slow down, but unless something unexpected changes those trajectories, a collision is inevitable so we must prepare for the worst.
1: And I imagine you can't tell me about that part.
3: No, I cannot. Perhaps we should walk in silence for a while. Come in. I'm here with Roxanne Scholl.
2: Send her in. You wait outside.
3: He can see you now.
2: Hello, Miss Scholl. I am Jefferson Craig. Good to meet you. You should pull up one of those chair desks.
1: Thank you, Major Craig. Funny, I went to school in this building. I guess the Lookers don't do school the same way.
2: No, they do not.
1: Um, I've met you before. You gave a speech at one of my training sessions. Hmm. I'm
2: glad you remember.
1: You had some good things to say about us all doing our part. It helped me to not dwell on my own personal situation and see the big picture... And to keep alert for anything I could do to help us all.
2: That's good. I um, told you have something to tell me.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, this is something that'll sound... Well, obviously six months ago I'd have thought everything that's going on now sounded crazy. And even a week ago I would have... I wouldn't have believed anything like this. Why not and-
2: you just start at the beginning?
1: Yeah, okay. Well... You know I live at home, and the rest of my family are all lookers. Mm hmm So, well, the past week or so, I've been having dreams where I talk to my sister, Shelly, and in the dreams, she's normal, Mm -hmm. unaltered.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, everyone has the dream.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I know, but it's not the dream. I've had that, too, and it's totally different, which uh, I know that just because it's not the dream doesn't make it real, but I've tested it.
2: Tested it how?
1: My sister and I, in real life, she barely talks to me. My mom harangues me a lot, but my sister ignores me, which isn't really such a big change. But in my dream, she told me about the book she's reading at the data exchange, about ornithology. And then the next day, I asked the the alien her about what she was reading, and she said the same thing. The Looker version of my sister was reading the book my dream version told me she'd be reading. Hmm. So, I don't know, it's like the real Shelley is trapped in there.
2: Hmm. You don't believe me. Well, I believe it could be that you've had the experiences you've described, but there are a million ways you could have known about the books on some subconscious level.
1: That's true. And when it was just the bird book, I didn't say anything. Believe me, I know how crazy it sounds, and on its own, it's not that helpful. But a couple of days ago, my sister told me something important. She said that they've gotten some kind of announcement directly via that Sky communication they do. Her and some of her co-workers, specifically ones in their 20s and late teens and in good shape, are going to be mobilized soon to to do something against you, against us, against the Resistance. To do what? They didn't tell her. They said that on Thursday she should go to a different place than her usual work assignment. Her and the others.
2: Every Thursday or just this Thursday?
1: Um, maybe every Thursday.
2: And is it <clears throat> just her and her coworkers, or other people in the area?
1: She couldn't tell. The messages they get from the sky seem to address just a few of them at a time. <clears> hmm.
2: <throat> And is this all the information that you have?
1: Well, I think that's the only really important thing. She's told me some stuff about how the data exchange works, how, just like with the announcement, she links with a few of them at a time to share the stuff she's read. And, of course, she's told me a lot about what it's like to be inside one of them.
2: How is that?
1: Terrifying.
2: I'd imagine so. Let me think... Do you have access to a secure typewriter or computer at home or at work?
1: No, sir. I've been handwriting my monthlies.
2: So you have. Well, <clears throat> I have an appointment to keep. Ensign Brewster will let you use her laptop to type up a full report of the whole uh, phenomena. Uh, then we'll figure out what to do next. Oh, who all have you told about this?
1: Just you and my um, boyfriend, Dominic. Hmm. He's a primary.
2: Okay, okay. Don't tell anyone else until you hear back from us. And make sure Dominic doesn't either. Those are orders. Yes, sir. Good. We'll be in touch. Thank you for bringing this along to us.
1: Um, of course.
2: Wait here. See? Yes, sir. Give her your loaner to make a report on and then come right back. I need to talk something over before you walk her home.
3: Yes, sir. Here is a laptop. I have it on guest mode. Just start up a text file, type, and save with your name. You can do that. Yes. I'll be outside conferring with the Major. Wait here until I return. Knock without opening the door if you need anything. Okay. You guys will be talking about what I said? Knock... Without opening the door. Please. And after we are finished, I will take you back. (sighs) All right.
2: You got her settled?
3: I gave her the laptop. I think she can manage the rest on her own. A quite capable young woman, potentially.
2: If you say so. You just watch what you say around her on the way back and don't let her talk you into anything.
3: Of course not.
2: And come right back to the bunker after that. Make sure you're not followed. we got a load of extra work now.
3: Yes, sir. Is everything all right, sir?
2: I hope so. Tell me, has Thursday's package already been mailed?
3: She should have left yesterday. There might be verification back at HQ.
2: What would be involved in turning it back?
3: Turning it back? Oh. Well... Leaving aside all this spoiled preparation, the guys are not supposed to be sending or receiving signals or meeting up with anybody before they deliver to us. The only planned point before then is a dead post outside of town where we're supposed to put a bus signal, a caution signal, or an all-clear signal. But they will not be there for two days.
2: And if they see this bust sign?
3: They go to ground, then they decide for themselves which collateral plan to follow from there. We specifically do not know what those plans are because we are the ones who might be compromised if there is a bust.
2: Right. And there's no way to reach them before then?
3: We could phone code phrases to people between here and there. People who, by the way, aren't even supposed to know about the delivery. It is possible they could find the guides and warn them off, but it's also possible they would attract attention. Mm -hmm. It could blow the whole operation. At minimum... We would have to distribute new code phrases to everyone we contact. And you know how tricky that can be.
2: Yeah, I do.
3: But if we are going to do it, we should start right away. Yes. Sir, I do not want to pry. But what does Shoal have?
2: She's got nothing. Nothing that we can rely on for that kind of risk. But we need to recheck. Everything. Think of everything we can do without alerting anyone who doesn't need to know.
3: Should I alert Mr. Channing's office? He has the most resources, and of course, he was planning to be there himself.
2: (sighs) No. If we mention the tip to Jordan, then there's no telling where things go. If we see anything that looks wrong, we just abort. Otherwise, we go ahead. Jordan relies on us for a lot of things, and one of them is saving him from the wasted efforts of second-guessing us. Okay, I better get back to base.
3: One more thing, sir. What is it? It's Miss Shore. If she has given you bad information, should I treat her as a potential traitor? Do you think she's working for the aliens?
2: No. No. She's just... She's just doing things she feels she has to on the basis of things her brain has created to keep her from going off the deep end. No one should have to go through what we've all gone through. She's just a... She's a casualty. She's walking wounded. Hopefully, over time, we can get her back to active duty. But for now, we just check everything, and if it checks out, we proceed, right? Yes, sir. But, um, yeah, work out a schedule with Shaw. Have her be in places where we can consult her if we need to between now and Friday.
3: Yes, sir. Is this to make her think we're taking her seriously?
2: No, no, no. It's it's just something I thought of. Thursday's package might want to talk to her, all right? Afraid I can't tell you why.
3: No apologies necessary, sir. I'm not the one who has to make the hard calls.
2: Your time will come, Thady. It always does.
0: You've been listening to Immunities, episode 1.3, Volunteering. Written and directed by Bob J. Kester. This episode featured Michelle Lamone as Roxanne Scholl, Vincent Truman as Major Craig, Carla Joseph as Ensign Teresa Wright and Courtney Abbott as Nicole. Immunities was recorded by Stephen Moore. Claire Hain was our dialect coach. Lisa Cohen assisted in development and production. The music includes the compositions Moving On and Jivan Mukta by R. Sonor. That's two words, A-R-S-S-O-N-O-R. You can find more of her music at freemusicarchive.org. Special effects are from the freesound.org collection. Other development assistance was provided by Dueling Genre Productions, Tasha Robinson, Don Al Safi, River Hardrick, and G-Mart Comics. The Immunity Series image is Conformity by Fran Fran. That's all one word: F R A U N, F R A U N. The episode image is Summer Vibes, also by Fran Fran. You can find other artwork by her on Instagram and DeviantArt. Immunities was recorded at Delmark Records Riverside Studios in Chicago, Illinois. For more information, including a complete list of the sound effects used, check out our website at immunitiesdrama.com. Immunities is copyright 2017 by Bob J. Kester, all rights reserved. This is Bob J. Kester. I hope you'll join us for episode 1.4, Delivery, available soon at duelinggenre.com. And if you enjoyed the delivery of this episode to your ears, please review us on Apple Podcasts, like us at facebook.com immunities, or follow Immunities Drama on Twitter. We'd love to hear your comments on immunities at any of those places. If you'd like to hear more, consider supporting the Dueling Genre Patreon at patreon.com dgp. Patreons help us fund our second season and get access to extra episodes of this and other podcasts. Any level of support, for any period of time, is greatly appreciated. Dueling Genre.